sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Spooksters, darksiders, parastalkers, paralurkers, and our grand poobahs. Thank you for joining us tonight on the Spooky Sunday Radio Show here on Newcastle Live Radio. And tonight you have your hosts, myself, Anne Rekovic, and the delicious... Oh... Renata Daniel. Oh, mm. that was an interesting way of saying it, Renata. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> we have got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Renata, what story do you have to kick off the news? Just a, a heading to start with? Well, um, I was looking for the story that I was supposed to read and I can't find it. Um, so The I'm one gonna, I sent you? Yeah, I know. So I'm going to read another one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, obviously, we're prepared for this show. Have you got another story as well? Oh, I'll I, tell, I need to read that story. I will tell actually. them my story about yeah. um, I'm going to be doing a story on the possibility of a paranormal portal that rips the world apart. <gasps> oh, and yeah, it's nothing like a good portal I that know. rips you apart. I, <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. a bit early in the show. <laughs> Deary me. Oh, dear. Deary okay. me. All right. And uh, I'm doing another story that I actually am hesitating to do it because I think it may go too far. Now, look, you guys know me. I'm the too far queen. It'll be after nine o'clock. It will be after nine o'clock, but it is um, disturbing to say the least. So I wasn't sure whether I should do it on a live radio show, but you know what? We like to push the boundaries, don't we, Renata? Oh, we always do. <laughs> Especially always with do. that paranormal portal that rips you, <laughs> rips you a new hole. <laughs> oh, we've got the wheeze early tonight, peoples. The wheeze is happening. Oh. <laughs> I can't believe so yeah and look we'd like to welcome uh, the Killer Coffee Company on board who have come on to um, help Renata and I with with some free coffee (laughs) because we need coffee oh yes we do but they've given you guys a hell of a discount Mm -hmm. they said anyone who wants to go and buy some of the Killer Coffee it's not just the, the, the coffee but it's their merch as well which has got skulls and all sorts of things over it Um, you get 20% off using Ghost Hunters, Ghost 20. Hunters 20. Yes, Ghost Hunters 20. So use that coupon code and um, score yourself 20% off. And their coffee is really reasonably priced to start with. It's Australian. Yeah, and they ship to New Zealand too for our New Zealand fans. Mm. All right, go on. Get on with your story. Your glasses are fogging right. up. I can see it from here. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to uh, read you a story about um, Ouija boards and stuff. Oh, do you need uh, sound spirit, effects? Spirit communication. Oh, yes, yes, I will. So get okay, yourself ready. Okay. <coughs> so if you have ever watched a paranormal investigation show on TV or been on a ghost hunt yourself, then you're probably familiar with concepts of communicating with spirits mm-hmm. by encouraging them to tap once for yes and spirit. twice for no. Tap, tap. 
But why is it such common practice, Anne? I don't know, Renata. So, why? well, I'll tell you. Usually a medium or whoever is leading a seance will encourage the participants to join hands in a circle. This is said to focus their energy, allowing spirits to draw on it and energise them. Knowing everyone is holding hands also means you know that no one at the seance is creating the tapping noises themselves can do it with your feet the spirit is then asked a series of closed yes or no questions and told that they can respond by tapping on a surface one time to answer yes and two taps to answer no send in whether you have experienced that to our messenger here on 0490 have you done the knock knocks have you done the knock knocks and have they have they responded in the meantime, I'll get on with this story. Thank you. It's said that spirits need to draw on psychic energy in order to make a sound, communicate or manifest. The focused energy of those holding hands should be enough to give the spirit the strength to manipulate or knock on a surface. In the 2016 Netflix series Stranger Things, Joyce Byers, played by Winona Ryder, communicates with her missing son using a similar technique, but instead of tapping, she uses the flashing of a string of lights. Oh, that yes. was an awesome Have part. you seen the Ouija board they've created out of that? No. They've I've got the we- a Stranger Things Ouija board. <gasps> oh. <laughs> she will ask Will to blink once for yes and twice for no. As in the lights, not Will himself, not his eyes. Yes, yes. Will Ferrell also uses the technique to communicate with his dog in Anchorman, the legend of Ron Burgundy. While speaking on the phone to a silent caller, he suspects his dog might be at the other end and says, Baxter, is that you? Baxter, bark twice if you're in Milwaukee. <laughs> Oh, Baxter's here with us in the studio. <laughs> it's the easiest way to communicate with a spirit as it doesn't require the use of a Ouija board, spirit box or any other equipment. Although if you're not careful, you could interoperate two knocks as an excitable yes, yes. Uh, interoperate? Yeah, isn't that a That's good, a that's fabulous made-up word. I love it. It's a good word. Uh, rather than the intended no. Let's make up a word tonight and start yeah. using it. It's important to only ask questions which can be answered with yes or no, such as, did you die here? Are you male? Are you stuck in this place? Please don't ask those questions. Yeah, we say that to people on the tours too. You can't ask questions like, are you male or female? Because they go... (laughs) Can I just quickly tell you, Robert just put in there, knock, knock, boo's there. (laughs) Boo? Boo's? Knock, knock? Boo's there? Don't assume that the spirits understand the principles of tapping. It's important to frequently remind any spirits present that they should knock in order to communicate as often spirits drift in and out of seances. The first recorded case of rapping as a way of communicating with ghosts dates back to New York in the eighteen in eighteen forty eight. Two sisters, Kate and Margaret the Fox, Fox sisters were just twelve and fifteen years old when they moved with their family to a new house in an area that was known as Hydesville. The girls soon came to the conclusion that their house was haunted after experiencing frequent unexplained sounds that they described as being like knocking 
Oh, those walls are very thin in those houses. Yeah, and they reckon that uh, they were cracking their toes, although yeah. I think that was um, somebody from the church who was trying to debunk them. Uh, and later on, they came back and said, no, that is not the truth. You forced us to say that. Yes. So the events gave birth to modern spiritualism when Kate and Margaret's older sister, Lee, started to promote them as mediums. They became famous as well-known mediums and some of the first spiritualists to publicly display their skills. However, in 1888, Margaret and Kate confessed that their wrappings had been a hoax, publicly demonstrating their methods, but by this time it was already common practice in seances and spiritualism all around the world. Yes, one of them married into a religious family and made the the sisters denounce what they'd been doing because it was against God, because I read the memoirs of them, and then um, after they'd been married a short period of time, she had a nervous breakdown and said, no, you've made me tell this story, and it's not true. It is true that it was spirit wrappings. Mm. So who do you believe? Yeah, but they were doing this in big um, halls, Mm. and they were sitting at one end. The hall would be filled with people, and... Like to crack a toe, ah, <laughs> uh, crack a toe, <laughs> and make it sound loud enough. Yeah. To be a spirit rapping, I think is like no. And I've had an experience where I heard a what I think was a spirit rapping um, when we used to sit in what they call a, a spiritual circle every week and we sat in this circle for every week and I, I've done it for years but uh, we stopped because of COVID but with one of the first groups that I was working with after we'd been sitting for about a year we got these loud bangs in response to what we were asking and it resonates right through your body mm. and it scared the poop out of them and they closed everything down straight away and didn't mm. want to do it anymore. We yeah. finally got what we'd been asking for and they wanted to stop. Yes. Mm. I know you guys have probably heard that before, but there might be new people that haven't heard that before. No, tell us if you're listening for the very first time. Oh, do we have any newbies out there? Yes, so 0490 Fresh meat. Send us a message and let us know whether you are listening for from the for the first time and where you are listening from. We would love to know. And I almost forgot to tell you, Renata, remember we did a competition for True Hauntings for anyone who wanted to, rele- to leave a review? Good or bad, yes. as long as they would leave a review. Yes. And we picked the winner and we announced it on the podcast. I think it was the one that came out last week. Mm-hmm. Um, they made contact. Oh, awesome. So uh, we're going to be posting them off a pack of goodies, Ooh. frightfully good goodies. And uh, yeah, they were very surprised to hear their, their name called out and their, their uh, review read out. Awesome. <laughs> Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Only on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back, Darksiders. You're with the, what are we, the Ecto Sisters? Is that what it was? Yes, the Ecto Sisters. (laughs) Hello, Eric and Natasha. How are you? Um, All right. We are, we've got some comments there. Yeah, can I um, read you a message from Becca Lee from Melbourne? Thank you, Becca. Hi, Becca. Absolutely. Oh, I've gone. Hello, New Zealand lady. Absolutely love. <laughs> what? I don't know. Absolutely love Spooky Sundays and True Hornings podcast and everything you do. 
been listening for a while now and so happy I found you both. Well, we are happy you oh. found us too, Becca. And thank you for leaving that message. Oh, thank you for uh, uh, sending a text. You've made our day. <laughs> yes, and Dazza says we've got the look too. Oh, thanks, Dazza. Yeah, it's a dirty look, Dazza. <laughs> <laughs> We're the rough diamonds. Is that what we are? <laughs> All right. Now, I've got a story for you yep. from one of our favourite um, places where we get our stories. Hickey Pop. Only yes. the best. Now, I was mentioning about the uh, the portal that rips the world apart. Mm-hmm. Paranormal, yes. paranormal portal. The paranormal portal. But don't we use That's it? a good name for a group. I know. We could, we, we could all sing in harmonies and rip the world apart. <laughs> anyway, have you all heard of the Hadron Collider? Yes. This is the Large Hadron Collider. Um, it's been switched back on and... It's been off for three years. Did you know that? Wow. They were going to do some work on it before COVID and they they shut it all down to do some work and then um, I'd say that it's took a little bit longer than expected. Let me read you the story. So it's been switched back on this week and there's been a resurgence in the wild conspiracy theories and scaremongering stories about the potential dangers of the project Mm -hmm. or project. Yes. Housed at the European Centre for Nuclear Research. Nuclear. Nuclear. (laughs) Nuclear. Nuclear. CERN. CERN. Whatever you want to call it. A huge circular tunnel. Here we go. 175 metres underground. Now, I thought 175 metres underground was impressive until I saw how long the tunnel was. Do you know how long the tunnel is? It's long. It's a very big tunnel. It is. 17 miles long. Wow. That's a big hole. That, that, that's, that's, that's a big thing for something minuscule yeah, I know. to have happened inside yeah. it. I wonder how much it cost. I think it's all the poor people starving. Oh, anyway, here prob- we go. Probably about 100 to 150 bucks, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, so it's underneath uh, the borders of France and Switzerland and is the world's largest and most powerful particle accelerator. Oh, I'm talking dirty there, aren't I? My husband would love <laughs> yeah. this talk. He would get excited um, right So now. inside this long tunnel, particles are collided into one another at close to the uh, at, at close to the speed of light have they ever been to a supermarket <laughs> People colliding. Yeah. Um, this results in the annihilation of these particles, allowing scientists to peek. Now, when I read that, I'm thinking, hang on, scientists are peeking at this? Are they, they're getting off on it? Um, but uh, I think they mean peek as in look. Look closely. Yes. What so, did you think it I was? I thought they were peeking. I think they were hitting the top of everything. Oh. They were having a moment. Um, so they were allowed to peek at the subatomic remains to get a better understanding of how the universe works. Only I could take a simple story like this and make it dirty. <laughs> um, the particle collider was first turned on in 2008, and since then we've had a decade of perfectly safe scientific experimentation, the likes of which had massively increased our understanding of the world around us and is sure to lead to next leap. In the advancement of mankind, Lord knows we could do with some because some of them are pretty feral at the moment. (laughs) Um, At the end of the 2018, the experiment was shut down so improvements could be made, as I said, and um, after three years, they're firing it back up again. It's led to all this worry that it's going to create a black hole that could swallow up the earth. Mm. Now, within the ghost hunting community, 
specifically or specifically as some people like to say, it has been stated that a device could open a paranormal portal to another reality. Oh, please. Perhaps even the infernal realm itself. I bet Zach came up with that. Zach Baggins, Baggins, whatever his name is. <laughs> I bet he, that's his is theory. It, is it opening up a portal to hell? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. They're saying that it might open up a portal to the infernal realm itself, literally unleashing hell on earth. I think it's already here. It's here already. It was here before it was turned back <laughs> on. Perhaps fears are heightened due to the release of the latest season of Stranger Things. Oh. How did we do this, Renata? Again, again. Well done. The Netflix Supernatural series sees a gang of kids in the town of Hawkins fight to contain the malevolent entities that exist in a dark and dangerous alternative dimension they call the Upside Down. Mm. I was actually going to bring to us tonight the drinking game that goes with Stranger Things. It was great, oh. but I, I went with the other disturbing story instead. Right. Anyway, so is there any claim to this, uh, any truth to this claim? Are we just days away from seeing a gateway ripped open, unleashing the evils of the Upside Down? Well, no. It's not the first time people have been concerned about this. The LHC, and remember that's large... Hadron Collider, Collider is often credited as breaking new ground in the search for dark matter. <laughs> the statement alone seems to alarm some within the paranormal uh, field who take the word dark. Now, this, we harp uh, on about this yes, all the time yes, yes. to mean evil or malevolent mm-hmm. rather than its intended meaning of being undetectable. I like that. Dark means lack of light. Yes. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear mongering began online in the press back in 2000 around the time the experiment was turned on for the first time. And as we now know, nothing went wrong and the solar system wasn't sucked into a dark abyss. No, that is true. We are all still here. Yes. Uh, A lot of those who share these doomsday theories online often do so with the comments, they shouldn't be messing with things they don't understand. But the thing... Are they the same people that, you know... They don't get did COVID the, vaccinations. Did, they did the abortion laws in America recently. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Mm. But the thing is, scientists involved do understand. They understand exactly what they're doing. They're scientists. Yes, it's actually those who don't understand what's happening under under Switzerland that are scared of it because they would rather just assume that it's going to open the portal to hell than actually read up on it. You can't open the portal to hell under Switzerland. They make chocolate. <laughs> Apart from that, hell doesn't exist. Anyway, sorry that I digress. That's, that's opening another whole can <laughs> oh, of worms. Did you use your outside I voice did, for that? Sorry, end? oops. Um, the Chern's first discovery was the existence of a particle called the Higgs boson. Scientists have known about this elusive particle. Oh, they did get off on that. Um, since 1964, oh, before I was born. You can't say the same. <laughs> but they couldn't find it until the LHC was turned on. Going to get in trouble. So, in fact, scientists knew for over four decades before the accelerator, which she's just folded her arms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, sorry. So, scientists knew for over four decades before the accelerator was completed what it would do. Out across the Gulf of Space, black holes. Oh, dear, black holes uh, form when an unimaginable massive star far, far bigger than even our own sun collapses in upon itself. So that's big, right? We're talking big. The LHC is nothing like the same scale. In fact, the experiments deal with 
unimaginably small particles, itty bitty tiny things. There are some valid theories that the experiment could lead to the formation of quantum black holes or unimaginably small black holes. Oh. Or QBHs. (laughs) (laughs) Quantum black holes. We all know about small black holes, don't we? Scientists aren't at at all sure if quantum black holes can exist, but if they do appear, they would be perfectly safe and would give scientists a chance to learn about nature's most uh, mysterious force, gravity. Okay. Um, The the creation of a quantum black hole at the LHC would be very surprising, but very exciting indeed, one of the scientists said. The particle smashing that takes place in the LHC also occurs naturally all the time and has no negative impact on our lives. The LHC creates cosmic rays under controlled lab conditions. Cosmic rays is another nice name for a band. Um, (laughs) I like that. It crashes them into things. Right, out in the real world, the Earth is constantly being bombarded by naturally occurring cosmic rays from the sun and we're all still here. So if you're still worried that the end is nigh, then it might interest you to know that Particle Collider was actually switched on back in April. (laughs) So they just made it an official when turning it back on, but it's actually been on since April and been running safely for over two months. All that changes this week is that the accelerated particle beam within has been deemed to be stable. So oh, okay, they weren't so sure before? <laughs> now I'm worried. <laughs> so the experimenters can start collecting data again. So the good news is the LHC isn't going to open a vortex that spews out dark, malevolent energy capable of destroying all life on Earth, which is great because it means you'll still be able to go ghost hunting next weekend. <laughs> Fine. Oh, now I've just talked myself up again. I've got this little bracelet on and one of the hooks is coming undone. It's all going on my jumper every five seconds. Driving me nuts. Anyway, that was my mild story. Mm-hmm. Did everyone enjoy that uh, story about the long tunnel and the black hole? <laughs> and the smashing particles. Yeah, yeah. That's another name for a group. Oh, smashing particles. <laughs> We've got the 1970s band's names happening here. The smashing particles. The smashing particles. I like that. I like it. <laughs> You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. Well, I want to know, did somebody mention the word fairy? Because it seems that they've got into the sound desk. We are getting reports that some people could hear an ad playing over the top of the song and uh, a bit of a song pop up when I was doing my story. Is that true? People that are listening in. So if that did happen to you, can you let me know whether you heard that on the app or whether you were listening on the website when that happened? Text it in to 0490 for triple eight six, so we can solve this and let our station manager know because we didn't hear it here at all, did we? No, we didn't. And I didn't press any wrong buttons. No, it, it could mean that we have spies. Oh, spies! They're, they're listening into our show. It's yes. the paralurkers. The para- they're, 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 they're stalking our show. Because, they are. Um, Robert heard it. Uh, what were you listening on, Robert? Was it the uh, the app or was it the website? Just so we can let them know. Um, now we've got some comments that have come through. Thank you so much. Hello to Catherine. Good evening, my favourite ladies. What else would I be doing 
on this moist Sunday, but listening to Spooky Sundays. Oh, hasn't it been raining? My oh, goodness. We are so, so sorry for all of those people that are going through traumas at the moment with this rain. When we woke up this morning and I heard the rain, I thought, oh, no. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, and hello to Claire. She wanted to say, I am absolutely loving the True Hauntings podcast. I've gotten through 26 episodes so far. So she must have listened to Lep Castle from Ireland first, and she's up to the Roland Doe story. Oh, you're going to love that one. Oh, we do like a good exorcism story. Uh, who else have we got on here? Bob. Hi, Bob. How you doing? Good evening, naughty aunties. Hope you're both keeping safe and dry and warm out there. Just want to ask Renata where to go or what she suggests in order for one to learn more about tarot and how to develop one's tarot skills, etc. Any and all info would be very much appreciated. Thank you both so very much and stay spooky. Well, I'd suggest you come and see me. <laughs> you need, well, you'd, you'll be able to start running your tarot classes now because there's going to be a workshop space available for you. Yes, so I, I will be running a few more tarot classes and before I've done the it. end Brilliant. of the year. Brilliant. Um, there is a wonderful resource online, though. Biddy um, Tarot. Biddy Tarot. And um, I think she's actually got something on sale at the moment yeah. where you can uh, I bought that pick course. up some information. I never got around to doing it, but I bought that course yeah. because it, I'm a course procrastinator. Yeah. <laughs> Or a course pranator. Course pranator or something like that. Course pranator? Um, yeah, course pranator. Yeah, something. <laughs> something or other. Hello, Denise. <laughs> it's our lovely Denise Duffield Thomas that teaches all about money. And she's oh, a Newcastle girl. Oh, course too. Yes. <laughs> I've done some we of just, that one. I had to because that cost me a We have just done so many courses. Why aren't we learning anything here? <laughs> We're getting there. We're getting there. Hello oh. to Kelly from the Gold Coast. Thank you for checking in on my cough. Um, and it is. You can hear I'm not coughing anywhere near as much as I normally do. Um, so, oh, who who is that? Um, oh, that's Eric and Natasha. Uh, best place to have an open portal to hell is chocolate is the sacrifice. Yes. Uh, what else we got there? Hi, Sharon. Newbie here. Loving the show. Love learning about black holes. Lol. Um, <laughs> we apologize now. It's going to go downhill. Once we get past nine o'clock, it just all goes downhill. Uh, thank you for ending my weekend with a giggle. So, Sharon, thank you for texting us for the first time ever and welcome to the madness. Make sure you signed up for our YouTube. We need more subscribers. I want to hit that 5,000 in the next month or two. We're really close. Uh, yeah, so uh, Robert's saying he heard it on the computer. Daz said it's on the app that the problem was. Uh-huh. Oh. <clears throat> um, and yes, heard the song over your voice on the website. Mm, Bonnie, we have we have an issue. Like it could be all to do with the rain. It could and, be the weather. And the weather at the moment and um, all of those wires getting wet. So it's on both the app and the website. Mm. Thank you. All right. Now we've got one here from, uh, who's this one from? This is Sasha our, our, from Q, Sasha. our Q&A yeah, uh, section. We, so if you would like to send in a question to us or you have a shout out for someone, it's 049084. For triple eight six, so send in your messages now. Okay, Sasha says it started to play Dance Monkey. Oh, that's not even on our playlist. No, that's oh. odd. That's really odd. We've got ghosts in the studio. No, oh. um, she would like to know what is our favourite form of Victorian séance? Like, what style of communication do we like to use? Well, you'd have to say table tipping, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, um, table tipping, yeah. Yeah, I, I do. That's that's my favourite. But I like it more for the physical uh, medium sh- mediumship side of stuff mm-hmm. rather than actual communication. Mm-hmm. I know you can use it as communication, but it can be quite lethargic uh, to tap out you know, all the letters yeah. of the alphabet. Yeah, so glass dowsing makes it more simpler. And um, I, I like glass dowsing mm. I mean, because um, it, you get a result yeah. Uh, and Ouija boards, I like to have a crack on the Ouija board every now and then, but I find you get mostly gobbledygook. Mm. Unless you've got someone pushing it on there, then you get answers. <laughs> Did I just, just use my outside voice some again? People, no, some people get uh, a really good connection. Um, I think it's just their forte. That's that's what they are, are good at using, and yeah. uh, it seems to flow through that, which is awesome. Uh, we haven't really had that much of a success with it yeah it's it's hard work um but some of our volunteers do very very well when they do some Ouija board sessions yeah they have um I think everyone has sort of like their um speciality or what they're they're good at their superpower I I table tipping's mine I love the table tipping and Uh uh, have a lot of fun with that yours is the glass on the table yeah uh now we've got another question here this is from Dazza uh uh, my question for the week is, how do you know when a spirit is telling the truth or are they just doing so to protect us by telling us that we, what we want to hear? It's a very good question. It is a very good question. I'm heading that to you. You're oh. the psychic. <laughs> You're the medium. Um, it is a very good question. And, and the thing is that uh, many people will say, well, you never know if you're being told the truth or not. And that goes for humans and ghosts. Absolutely. You can be so staring how, at someone and they can be lying straight in your face. So how can you what, tell if a human is telling you the yeah, truth? What is the difference? I think that you can kind of feel that there is something not quite right. Uh, and the communication, the the flow of any conversation will get stuck if there is lying involved. Um, And if you ask questions and you know the answers to those questions, but they are not coming through from the connection that you have made, um, then you stop the conversation. Yeah. So it's got to be validated with information that you know is true. Mm. And you can always ask a question. It can even be a yes, no. Mm. Um, uh, did my grandma have false teeth? <laughs> if this is you, grandma, you would know. Mm-hmm. And um, that would be a yes, no. What do they get if they get the wrong answer? Say, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. And if they do get it right, um, try a different one just to be sure. But the thing is, you've got to be careful that you don't keep asking questions and, and proving and proving because they're going to get annoyed and go, well, bugger you, I'm going now. I've proved to you three times that it's me. Yeah. So bye-bye. Yeah, what else do you need? And they've used up all their energy just trying to get that message to prove it's them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, bye, sorry, Nara. sayonara. Yeah. All right, we need to go to a song. Uh, all right, what's the next one? Oh, I do like this one. I approve. Now, let's see if anything goes weird when I press play on this one now. We've got a bit of Ed Sheeran for you. Shape of You will be back after this with some more questions. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And welcome back to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio with your hosts, Anne and Renata. We have time for a few more questions, Renata, but first off, we'd like to give a plug. Yes. (laughs) Here you go. Put that in your sink. 
you like that one? It's a nice rubber one. It's got a little bit of a metal dongle on it, metal thing, you know, that you can pull down. Isn't it dreadful when you lose that little metal bit that goes through the hole on your plug and you can't get a grasp of it and then you've got to try and dig your fingernails into the hole to get it out? How did that conversation just happen? I don't know. She's gone. Anyway, tomorrow night, we actually have for you guys a free psychic um, um, signs that you are psychic class. Yeah. <laughs> Renata's gone. She's gone. And uh, Renata's put this course together and she's put it, um, but it's, it's sort of signs that show that you are psychic, how to recognize them. And um, I'm not really sure about the rest of it because I'm just going to be pressing buttons. <laughs> she's going to be delivering it. But it's free. Now, where can they find it, Renata? Uh, you can find it on the Frightfully Good School of Ghost Hunting. <laughs> and it's at 7.30pm yes, 7.30pm, it goes for an hour But it'll probably go for a little bit longer We're going to have a Q&A session afterwards yep. And uh, it's all, it'll also be on YouTube as well So if you miss it, you can catch up on it yeah, later Absolutely, and it's bloody well free It's bloody free It's bloody free yeah. And uh, we're going to be talking about all the different signs That can tell you that you have your psychic abilities Ready to go. We're going to tell you, we'll tell you how. how special you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll tell you how special you are. We'll tell you how to tap in. Oh, you're going to give him that much information. And tap out. No, we'll just I'll have bit. that plug ready for the tap. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you can answer all your questions. And the thing is that some people get really scared when it comes to sort of, ta- you know, really concentrating on developing psychic uh, abilities. They think that that portal to hell that the the CERN collider is supposed to be sort of producing. (laughs) The long, long. Yeah, is is, is going to, you know, ruin their lives and everything. And it's absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. Uh, But what it does is it actually helps you in your day-to-day life as well. Not only talking to spirit or tapping in um, and being able to sort of, you know, make life better for yourself by listening to your intuition and making good decisions. So, yeah, come along. Join us for the hour. Uh, We have lots of information available for you. And um, be with like-minded people on a Monday night, 7.30. And uh, you will find that on Newcastle, not on Newcastle Live Radio. No, you won't. (laughs) Which hat are you wearing? You will find it on the Frightfully Good School of Ghost Hunting. Yeah. And look, Jodie, thank you so much, Pro Corstinator. That's where we were course course or something I don't know yeah. uh, and she also screenshotted the Newcastle Live radio app where it shows that we had When Will I Be Famous but also Long Way Around Eagle Eyed Cherry <laughs> on there, which is not on the desk at all no. that's odd anyway um, <coughs> maybe Janet wants to be a special guest again since she's messing around with the tech that's our demon demon doll oh yes yeah, no, she, she hasn't been in for a while no, Janet no we'll have to she's been sitting on the shelf because <laughs> yeah, uh, Tracy, who does the morning show, doesn't like her coming into the studio. Doesn't she? No, she gets oh. freaked out by Janet. I will have to leave her here and go, oops, we forgot to take her. Oh. We'll pop in the next go, oh, sorry, Tracy. Poor thing, she'll be locked in the studio for three hours with Janet looking at her. <laughs> Um, All right. What else? Oh, we had a hoot at the jail on last night, didn't we? Oh, it was just so funny. 
It was really cool. We had a whole family arrive for a private tour. And by the way, you can book private tours for yourself and your friends or for your uh, work colleagues, for example. Christmas is coming up. Plan those parties now. Uh, but we had a whole family come in uh, to do a tour. Although we were very annoyed with them because they just had all a big family feast together and they didn't bring us any sweets. No, no, that was upsetting. There was no cake. That was upsetting. And we did tell them we were disappointed. Yes. And uh, these people had arrived from all over the world. So it was a big family festival and they had people who were there from Melbourne and from um, the United States and from England and some local people. And they decided that that would be a really good idea to come to Maitland Jail and do a ghost tour. (laughs) The ladies were terrified. They were terrified. (gasps) Absolutely terrified. I've never seen women crawling, literally crawling up somebody else. And if they could have gotten in under their skin to hide, they would have. They would have, yes. (laughs) That's how bad it was. Oh, but it was a lot of fun. Their energy sort of really spilled over. Yes, it made everything just go nuts. Yeah, and uh, I know in the um, A block where I was, um, I sort of was going across to people, would you like this person in the jail cell all by themselves? And they're on the headphones calling out. It's going, yes, 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 yes. So, oh, okay, so this one here. Yes. Would you like him in cell eight? No. Would you like him in cell seven? Yes. Mm-hmm. So we put him into cell seven and I said to them, how old is he? And I found out how old he was. He was a little young to be on the tour, but that's okay. We won't mention his actual age, but he was not of the right age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I said, all right, well, I can't go down the normal path of saying, what are you going to do to him in there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I said, why did you pick him? Why did you pick this person to go into the jail cell? Mm-hmm. And the people on the headphones have called out, honey. And I went, oh, oh honey, you think he's sweet? to you and the people went that's his name honey oh oh yes oh no yes and then all the ladies started screaming again it was fabulous <laughs> all right it's time to cross back to the other side welcome back to spooky sundays with Anne and renata Welcome, 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 welcome back everyone to Spooky Sundays for the second hour and you are with your hosts Anne Rakovic and Renata Daniel as we talk all things spooky, ooky, funny and uh, maybe pushing the barrier a little bit I'm too I'm going to push the boundaries tonight. <sighs> and I'd want to give a shout out to Claire and Isaac who are getting married within two weeks. It's it's coming up very soon. We had a great time in studio with them last week, didn't we? We did. It was a hoot. Yes. Absolute hoot. All right, Renata, what have you got for us? Because I want to know if mine's better than yours. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be more controversial. Uh-huh. Um, I'm talking about a haunted and cursed abandoned ghost hotel in Japan. Oh, uh, oh in Japan? That'll be fun. Yes, are there going to be some pronunciations? Oh, oh there, there are. <laughs> oh, I'm just looking at these words going, I didn't pick wisely, but never mind. Let it's me right. get on to this. I picked a French one, so, you know. <laughs> so it was supposed to be a dream resort by the sea, a stunning seaside paradise on the Japanese island of Okinawa that would draw in visitors from all over the world. The Nakagusuki. <laughs> the 
Naka what? Naka, na, Naka Gusuku Hotel. Naka Gusuku? Naka Gusuku Hotel, also variously known as other names such as the Naka Gusuku Shiro Ota Kogan. <laughs> I would not, have no oh, idea whether no. it was right or wrong. Just keep going. Hotel, Leisure Land, Royal Hotel, or... Takahara or Kogan Hotel, this gets worse, was the brainchild of a successful businessman and politician. I'm not even going to go there. And was envisioned as being a magnificent resort to take advantage of the influx of tourists during the 1975 Okinawa Ocean Exposition, which itself was to celebrate the return of the Ryukyu Island. The the eyebrows, but the Yugo. To Japan from the United States. Oh, I've got no idea what the story is. All I can do is listen to you say those words. Oh, there's a big one coming. Oh, I, didn't see I do one. like it when a big one's coming. Keep going. Oh, no. Sorry, I've just pushed the button. This people's. She's gone. In the early 1970s. <laughs> Would you like me to take over the big one no, for you? Okay. No. Construction began on the sprawling hotel resort, which was to sit on the hills of... <laughs> sits on the hills. Just, right. It just sits on the hills. Yeah. In Okinawa, with panoramic ocean views of both the Pacific Ocean and East China Sea. And just a stone's throw away from the picturesque and historic Nakagusuku Castle. No expense was to be spared in its elaborate construction with the resort planned to feature a fully functioning zoo, complete with giraffes and elephants, an amusement park, a water park, a nightclub and all of the amenities one would expect from what was to be a playground for rich tourists. However... Dark days were ahead for this island fantasy, and the resort was doomed to become known as one of the most cursed and haunted places in Japan. The problems can perhaps be traced back before construction even began, when concerned monks in the area came to Takara to plead with him to abandon plans to develop oh, the please site. abandon the plans. <laughs> They sound Irish, never mind. They explained that the proposed hotel resort was to be built over land that held graves, sacred sites, and for good measure, what they called a cave inhabited by restless spirits, and that the construction would desecrate the site and upset the spirits. The nearby castle was also the site of many battles and much bloodshed through its history, with many of the lords of the castle buried in tombs on the site. Although the governor of Okinawa had moved these graves in the mid-20th century, it is said that many of the bodies actually remain. They do that all the time. Mm, they yeah. tell you they've taken them and they take the headstones because yeah. sometimes the, the bodies and the coffins are um, that in ground in the dirt or the clay or whatever's there that they can't physically take them out. Mm. And that to build on the site would be a sacrilege. All of this spooky talk of sacred sites and restless spirits was certainly interesting lore, but this was a wealthy businessman and he wisely decided to listen to the superstitious monks and halt his plans. Oh, just kidding. Of course, construction began right as scheduled. <laughs> but it would not be long at all before it turned out that the monks might have been right all along. Almost immediately, construction was beset with problems. Bad weather and poor road conditions were bad enough. But then there were all the accidents. 
Workers began experiencing all manner of freak accidents, mishaps and malfunctions. Oh, equipment, equipment would stop working. Secured materials would break free to cause danger to those all around them. Vehicles would crash or stall. Workers were injured in strange accidents. And there were countless of various freak occurrences that served to hamper the project and cause costs to balloon. Some workers also began to complain of seeing shadow figures lurking about the site. Robert wants to know, did they put a pool in and then skeletons start popping up? Uh, I don't know. We'll get there. Uh, <laughs> as if some, she didn't get the as reference, if Robert. Somebody, somebody, somebody watching them. There you go. That, that's uh, very Japanese. Somebody's watching them. <laughs> <laughs> Try to hold it together. Nina. And then there were even sightings of an apparition that appeared as a 15th century lord. As the accidents accidents and mishaps continued, the project was increasingly seen as cursed and haunted with some of the workers refusing to come to work. This is where the story takes a bit of a swerve into possible urban legend, as it is said that one day the businessman in charge of it all decided enough was enough. Enough. I've had enough. Tired of workers not coming in because of stories of supernatural forces, Takara allegedly decided to spend the night in the unfinished structure to prove that there was nothing to worry about. According to this version of events, Takara spent the night as promised, but the next day he was found to have gone stark, raving mad (laughs) and was subsequently committed to an insane asylum. Whether this place was ever haunted Cursed or not, the project was never seen to completion as construction was halted in 1975 due to the bankruptcy of the contractor. No one ever did pick the project up again and so the uncompleted hotel would sit there to be slowly reclaimed by the surrounding forest and become a popular abandoned spot for urban explorers, many of whom would bring back all sorts of strange tales. I want to visit. Among the various reports of paranormal phenomena are glowing orbs. Oh, the orbs. Shadow figures, apparitions in 15th century Japanese garb. Oh, Lord. Eyes glowing in the shadows of the ruins, sudden feelings of terror or panic, and even people claiming to have been assaulted by unseen hands. No, a peppered, just assaulted. Our urban explorer has written of his experiences at the ruins on the site Mental Spark. That's a site. Right, uh, I was it's wondering. Called, it's mental sparks. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, inside one building, you can see the zoo area where animals were supposed to go. Old artwork grabs at you. Nearby is a staircase leading to a lower level, a level unexplainable, hidden in darkness. Something lives under the staircase. <gasps> Two separate incidents Terry. of viewing yellow, intense eyes surrounded by darkness have been reported during my time there. Oh. One man was assaulted by something under the stairs. It shook him to the core. He never went back. I never saw those eyes, but I do know others who have seen it. Within it remains... Oh, within is the remains... No. (laughs) Within is the remains... Of a well, that's what it's supposed to say. Oh, there's a well down there. Yes. Cold air and moisture cling to this area. One can feel the temperature drop within 50 feet of the well. I could feel something swirling around me once I entered the lower stairs area around the ruins. Several homeless and insane men and women still live. (laughs) One night while travelling down an alley, I was assaulted by someone or something throwing heavy bricks. They landed near us, scaring us off. We ran. Run away! 
today it is nothing but weed-choked feral ruins defiled with graffiti crumbling long forgotten by all those who are curious about what is going on inside. There have long been efforts to get the place demolished and indeed the process has already begun, meaning this place will soon disappear into the ether of historical mysteries. What happened here and why are these forces gathered to this doomed project? Is there anything to this at all? Or is it nothing more than an urban legend? The place and ruins are certainly real, but what of the spooky stories? We may never know. And it is all testament to how such eerie abandoned places have a way of bringing on the odd. And this was written by Brent Schwanzer from Mysterious Universe. Thank you, Brent. Oh, Mysterious Universe. Yes. Nice. Nice. So I posted a picture up on uh, Newcastle Live Radio community page Mm -hmm. of the ruins, um, and they are like an urban explorer's dream. Right. Yeah. Are we urban explorers? We are. I don't yeah, think yeah, we, we are. are. Yeah. I, I think we we um, nice motels and <laughs> spooky locations mm. to stay at, but it's got to have our own bathroom. Mm. <laughs> well, that's urban. Yes. Um, Robert said, "Quick, grab the orb warmers." I was gonna, I was gonna say, "Well, well, well," when he said there was a well down there. <laughs> spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Welcome back, everyone. And we do apologise if anyone is hearing any interruptions in between the songs. We're not quite sure what is going on, and unfortunately we can't do anything about it. Yeah, because there is absolutely nothing listed. We have the computer list in front of us of of what's being played, and none of that is on there. Mm. Uh, So we'll handle that information over to Bonnie, the station manager, and she will get that sorted for us, I am sure. Mm. But do you know what? Oh, it's that time. Strap in, people. Yep. It's time to strap them on because we're going in. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, this is a story uh, from the Père Lachaise Cemetery. Now, I've practiced that. Can you tell? Mm-hmm. Père Lachaise in a larger cemetery in Paris. And despite its peaceful veneer, it was once the home to an encounter with a ghastly spectre in 1847. And this would uh, just bring terror throughout Paris. Buddy. Now, look, I want to give you all a warning before we go too far into this. I will give you a warning right before the worst of it, but this one is not for the kiddies. So the first encounter they had with this spectre at the Père Lachaise Cemetery was in the site, was the site, oh God, I'm trying so hard with the words, I'm losing the flow of the story. Okay, so it was the site of unspeakable crime that would consume Paris. This foul creature scaled tall walls and inexplicably resisted attacks by guard dogs. Now the dogs uh, barked and howled in abject horror when this creature was near them, but they wouldn't go after it. That just terrified them. But what was happening, this creature was coming in and violating buried citizens. (gasps) Oh no. And there seemed to be no reason or motivation. They couldn't work out what this thing was doing. So on this first attack, um, they described it as being partly human and partly animal. So they, they couldn't catch it that night. It simply disappeared 
and the dogs wouldn't go after it. So they came back the next day and wanted to check for clues. Mm-hmm. They got their magnifying glass out. The pink panther came in. No, uh, and they were shocked at what they found. Graves had been dug up and coffins had been burst open. The remains of the deceased were scattered all over the area. And oh, it, no. And it seemed that something special had partially eaten them. Now, this this is not recent bodies. Ew. Oh, yeah, I know. Now, there wasn't one occurrence. It happened many times with the creature avoiding capture and still managing to violate the corpses left, right and centre. Now, the guards took some of the bones off to an expert to try and work out what sort of animal it was that was gnawing at the deceased. They thought maybe it could have been a, a wolf or a um, some sort of dog or, you know, the, the imagination starts to run wild. But the professionals said it was human teeth. Oh, no. Don't, not sure if they were actually comforted by that or not mm-hmm. because, you know, a, a dog or something like that seems much better. Mm. But anyway, so they doubled the guard on the cemetery to try and capture this human that was performing these atrocities, but there was still no sign mm-hmm. of the true culprit. Um, or so they not, haven't there were signs, but they couldn't catch him. They haven't called it a vampire or anything yet. Not yet, no. not yet. So okay. there was one poor bugger got caught in there. He'd arranged to meet some friends in the cemetery and was arrested as a possible vampire. Mm-hmm. So this is when the the terminology starts to creep in, mm-hmm. uh, but they found he was not guilty and released. He was just, you know, wrong time, wrong place. Uh, now, local wrong people... Wrong costume. Wrong costume. Um, the local people were absolutely terrified, as you oh, can imagine. Would be. Uh, they didn't know who this person was that was living amongst them, that was going in there doing such vile things. But then everything just stopped. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh... Okay, have they moved on? Have they moved out? Have they got scared? What What's happened? But it wasn't as simple as that, was it? The monster simply changed tactics and moved on to the recently deceased. <gasps> oh, now, I'm just wanting you all buckle up. It's going to get a little bit disturbing here. A young girl, greatly beloved by her relatives and friends, was said to be the monster's next meal. Her funeral is attended by a large group of mourners and, um, of course, the outrage over what happened to this girl was just horrible because she was interred and overnight her body was exhumed and it looked like some mysterious pervert had fed on her body. The girl's father, Renata's face, the girl's father was originally listed as a suspect in this case. Oh, no! Was even arrested, but he was very quickly proven to be innocent and was released. Understandably, members of the public were now beginning to suspect that perhaps a per- perpetrator of these horrific crimes were not flesh and blood. Right, And the experts had got it wrong, seeing as the cemetery in which the girl was devoured was protected by very, very high walls and massive iron gates that were kept shut all night. To them, no mortal man could have been able to scale these obstacles. So uh, in the end, it was those 
high walls that led to the downfall of, um, shall we call them the beast, mm-hmm. uh, an old army officer, now a very crafty, sort of knows how to um, set little traps up, noticed that at one point of the walls there'd seemed to be some signs of some scuff marks or something. It looked like it had been scaled or mm-hmm. frequently crossed at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 10 foot tall at that that particular point. So they decided that they would keep an eye on that area and set up some traps. Now, that officer that I mentioned constructed a booby trap consisting of a trip wire attached to an explosive on the wall in question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trip wire and explosives. That, that's not one nasty booby trap. It's okay. Um, he deserves it. Yeah. Meanwhile, nobody would be able to climb it without causing an explosion. And guess what? Around midnight that very night, they all heard an explosion. Mm. Now, the officers that had been uh, tasked to look after the area uh, rushed straight over to where the detonation was and they caught sight of a humanoid figure that was standing at the base of the wall. They immediately opened fire upon the apparition and were able to wound it. But it escaped from them yet again. They saw it dash up over the wall with amazing speed, almost the agility of a monkey. Despite its escape, they did hit it, and it was the downfall of the Parisian prowler. The creature had left a trail of blood mm-hmm. uh, when it had scaled that wall, and so what they did is they, they started to follow the trail of blood, and they found a piece of a soldier's uniform. Right. Uh-huh. Now they knew that they were on the lookout for a soldier. Uh-huh. So they started asking questions and tried to see if a soldier had turned up somewhere in the hospital um, you know, being injured. Uh, they heard the gravedigger overheard members of the 74th Regiment whispering about something. And it seems that they were talking about a sergeant of their regiment that had been taken to the Vardugras Hospital after being badly wounded the night before. Now, that sort of sounds like a bit of a promising lead. So mm-hmm. the detectives went over, they found the identity of the sergeant and immediately questioned him. Sergeant Francois Bertrand was interrogated and freely confessed his guilt. Oh. Now, we're going to get dirty. Now, interestingly, Sergeant Bertrand seemed to present himself as being as much a victim of his deceased prey. So he he figured that he was a victim as well as the people he had preyed on. Of course, yes. He claimed that he had been controlled by some external force Uh and that this dark entity controlled him while he was under the thing's influence. But knowing that that he was not himself while thus controlled and was instead... um, the, the victim of a vicious and ravenous animal that was within him. He told of how he didn't require any instruments to dig up the bodies, instead just tearing through the soil and the coffins with his bare hands under the moonlight like some starved beast. He confessed, confessed to having once exhumed and bitten 15 bodies in one night. Oh, my goodness. So that's sort of like he's consuming human flesh. And they were saying that when I found this one, that he was a vampire. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't sound like a vampire. So after these possessions, like Mm -hmm. he was possessed, he would always fall into a very deep sleep during which he was aware of his body undergoing some inexplicable type of metamorphosis. Werewolf. Yes. 
We're going down another path. Mm. He told the court that he had first fallen into one of these transformative slumbers after a visit to one of the secluded places he liked to visit when he was younger. Now, he said that he was a bit of an introvert as a youth, preferring the company of animals rather than that of his fellow man. Oh, I didn't have rabies, did he? <laughs> and often choosing to spend his time in isolated locations, such as moors and I think that's deserts, not desserts. <laughs> Got desserts on the brain now. Uh, the evening after he first fell into his supernatural sleep, he was passing a cemetery in which some grave diggers were busy covering up a recently interred corpse. And all of a sudden he was just seized by this urge to enter in to the graveyard and watch them digging. So apparently started to pour rain and the uh, grave diggers had to abandon the work and leaving the, the cadaver untended and that's when he found that he was unable to resist and he found himself afflicted by what he called horrible desires. He had a pounding, throbbing headache and his heart was palpitating, pounding wildly like it was going to burst out of his chest. The only thing that stopped him from feeding on that corpse that night was the arrival of some friends. Do you remember earlier I said they captured somebody who was at the cemetery, but he was just waiting for his friends? Ah, uh, yes. And they let him go? <gasps> oh. Mm. Mm. But see, it sounds to me like he'd already committed something there because he mm. was arrested. Mm -hmm. But he was saying that was the first time he was tempted. Mm. So some of that timeline doesn't sort of add up there. He was, um, the only thing that stopped him was meeting the friends. He was thus able to break free from the trance and temptation. But for many a night in the future, he would not be so lucky. He claimed that the same grotesque urges would invade his mind every night from then on and would often find himself figuratively and perhaps literally transforming into a man-eating monster. He would eviscerate the corpses of his victims. Now, this is where if the children have decided that they would like to listen, they need to turn off, um, the, uh, he would masturbate over them, experiencing pleasure that was nothing in comparison what he could experience with the living partners. Now, he, this is really horrible. This is what he said in his statement, and I'm just about done. I know I'm going a little bit late, but such a good story. He said, I covered it with kisses. Now, this is the 16-year-old the girl, and pressed it wildly to my heart. All that one could enjoy with a living woman is nothing in comparison with the pleasure I experienced. After I'd enjoyed it for about a quarter of an hour, I cut the body up as usual and tore out the entrails. Then I buried the cadaver again. What a sick puppy. The trial was held in front of military council on the 10th of July, 1847, and presided over by Colonel Mancelon. Uh, ultimately concluded that Bertrand was guilty of everything he had convinced confessed to and sentenced him to one year in prison. Oh my goodness, that's it? One year. Huh? But from this case, the Belgian physici physician Joseph Gusslein came up with the term necrophilia. Mm -hmm. So it was from this person. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it doesn't explain how he was able to scale 10 foot walls mm. when he was injured. And some people believe he was a type of vampire or maybe a werewolf. Um, with great par parkour skills. But I have to say, 
my son can scale 10 foot walls really easy because he's trained in parkour mm. and it was the French resistance that um, created free running parkour mm. so anything is possible anything is possible did you enjoy the story oh. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata only on Newcastle Live Radio Welcome, welcome, welcome. We know we're running late, but we cannot have a spooky Sundays night without Christy's, Christy's magical, magical G-spot. <laughs> Hello, Christy. Hello, everybody. Hi, Christy. Hi, um. Hi. We can't giggle and carry on after that story. No. And I've, I was just talking to you. Our, our first birthday is coming up very soon, in two weeks' time. Mm. And we yep. are inviting Miss Christy into the studio with us. For cake. For yep. cake. We're going to have a, a one-year birthday cake and we're going to celebrate. We are. And there was only one stipulation you told me. You must wear. I had to wear clothes. That's right. You yeah. have to wear clothes. You cannot, you cannot come into the studio naked. No. <laughs> it is not allowed. What do you have for us this evening, All oh right. seer, oh magical being? Okay. So picture this. A family moves into a new house. <gasps> They've got a child. Yes. And the child refuses to sleep in their bedroom. They're too scared to go in there. Oh. And so the parents assume it's haunted. Mm-hmm. So they call us in to come and investigate. Mm-hmm. And what do you think we find? Get up. Demon. It's a demon dog. A That's what it is. Demon. It is a demon dog. No. We discovered that the power box sits on the outside wall of the child's bedroom. That's That's true. Sounds very familiar. Mm. Yes. So this is what I'm talking about tonight is EMF and protecting oneself from the electrical magnetic field. Awesome. So the way to overcome this there is a crystal called Shungite, and I can't say that without picturing like a caveman (laughs) um, with it. But it is, when I say crystal, it is only found in actually the Shungite region in Russia, and it's estimated to be 2 billion years old. Oh, wow. And it Jeez, is you had to put your order in quite some time ago to get that. Yeah, I know. We've been waiting I know. a while. We've been waiting a Come while. Come close to it with date, I reckon. <laughs> but it is made up of 98% carbon. So Shungite is a good one if you need to detox negativity from your spiritual body um, or if you spend all day on or around technology, which most of us <laughs> do nowadays. Oh, yes. Okay. okay so can we wear body armour of Shungite? <laughs> yes. yes. And do it, do it. I'm going to make hats out of it. Oh, oh, um, can we put, fo- put foil on it as well? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, yay. Of course. But definitely Shungite is the go-to stone for any electro magnetic field protection purification and detoxification um, as well as general healing and emotional well-being nice how do you use it though well let's talk about what actually emf exposure actually is okay yep i got excited so emf so any of our devices the internet router the house power box wi-fi all emit electrical magnetic fields and some people are quite sensitive to EMF and they can experience actual physical symptoms. So whether they have sleep disturbances, insomnia, headaches, depression or depressive symptoms, 
tiredness and fatigue, lack of concentration, changes in memory, dizziness, and feelings of paranoia. That's us for that. Hang on, we've just checked off every single one of those. (laughs) Christy, what have you just done? You've made me paranoid. You're not taking my mobile phone off. We've just both picked up our mobile phones and held them to our chest. (laughs) Well, if you don't want to give up your mobile phone, then you need Shungite. So you can place the Shungite at the base of the computer if you've got one. Um, or on the microwave. I've got it scattered around the house. I'm sure my cleaner just thinks I'm mental because there's just black rocks (laughs) everywhere. Um, So sitting around your TV in front of your computer. um, So anywhere where it can really block that EMS Mm -hmm. um, with you. So the Shungite doesn't actually interfere with any of the operations of these, but it does block out some of the free radial output of these devices. You know what I'm going to need to do now? I'm going to need to get the shungite out with my, my shungite sorry with the my k2 meter and do a before and after and see if there's a difference oh, oh i like an experiment excellent experiment <laughs> so the shungite properties works to harmonize these frequencies so protecting and shielding your spiritual self from these effects so in a and your physical body, I would assume, once we do the testing. We'll do some testing. Um, but that's the most popular uses for the Shungite. So since we're all living in this 21st century, we are constantly surrounded by electronics and technology now. Mm. So what does it so look you, like? What colour is it? It's a beautiful, smooth black. <gasps> My favourite colour. I oh, know. So well, not, not a colour. I know it's not a colour, but you know. Black is the new white. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Um, yes. Do you know why witches always wear black? Because we spill because food on ourselves all the time. <laughs> because the colour absorbs negativity. Oh. Yes. I don't want to so absorb that stuff. I want to get rid of it. <laughs> well, you're better off with your clothes absorbing it than your physical body. Yeah, or this your is true. This is true. Mm. But yes, you can also wear shungite or in a pinch, you can wear black tourmaline, but... Um, Everyone that sees me always knows that I wear my Shungite bracelet and ring everywhere I go. Um, And with the Shungite, just remember it's still a crystal, so it still does need to be programmed. So I always say the best way to program a crystal, hold it in your hand, breathe on it, stinky morning breath on it, and say something like, I am protected and shielded from EMFs around me. All right. Yes. So program it, let it know what its job is. So the good thing about black crystals as well, they really don't need um, that much of a cleanse or anything like that. So periodically I'll, I'll sit them outside under the moon, um, but they really have the capacity to keep absorbing everything. Mm-hmm. Well, um, if anyone... Yep. Go, go. Well, I was go. going to say, do you have a shungite in your store at the moment? And that was my next line. So I do have Shungite pyramids in stock. <gasps> pyramids! Oh, oh that's two things together that's just like, oh. wow. Yes. Oh. So the pyramid is a really good one for, um, I guess, that, you know, which is why do they wear the conical hats is because the point is like a cone of power. Oh, yes. Um, so the pyramid as well is really good for um, that Mm-hmm. focused um, energy, I guess. 
awesome. Yeah, Robert's just said that um, some are dark green as well and that it's almost like a Faraday cage. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He also said that dark clothing attracts mosquitoes. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it does. Oh, great. <laughs> so in, in, my, in, my, in my previous work when I've done outdoor rec, um, going on safaris and things like that, always wear like, that's why everyone wears wear beige, actually. Oh, oh, Renata's favourite colour. I hate beige. <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine me in beige? Mm, no. Mm, now, Christy, we have to say goodbye because we are, are running very, very late. Thank you so very much. Thanks, Can Christy. you please put up some links to the Shungite pyramids? Because I think, I think, I I think they're going to go off like a frog in a sock. <laughs> Is it a frog and a crunchy sock? um, Yeah, and and we'll share those links up so that anyone who wants to buy some shungai, which is a brilliant idea, will do so. um, And support support Spells and Spirits because you have been having a very hard week with these floods happening. Yes, I've been in my pyjamas for like four days. (laughs) (laughs) All right, lovely. We've got to get out of here. Spells and Spirits, everyone. Check them out. And thank you, Crispy. Thank you, Christy. Goodbye, everyone. Bye. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. And we're back. Thank you, everyone, for hanging around uh, this Sunday. Look, we all, from the bottom of our hearts, hope that you are all surviving uh, with the weather that's going on outside. It is crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, And please, if you have the ability to help someone that is close by to you, lend a helping hand. Be a good human at the moment because we need as many as we can get. And I just want to uh, send out an apology. I think it was to Amanda as well. She sent us through a, uh, a big message, but we just ran out of time to get to it today. I'm so sorry. I think Renata has replied to you uh, personally, but thank you for sending that through. That was a really interesting follow-on from your previous story. Mm, and we might we might go over that next week. Yeah, yeah we'll do that absolutely. next week. Uh, just a reminder, guys, we have a um, free workshop tomorrow night um, from 7.30pm. It is on uh, the Frightfully Good School of Ghost Hunting. And you can find it later on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good on YouTube Um, and if you are listening to this on the Spooky Sundays podcast later on you can still go and uh, listen to that or watch that on the YouTube channel as well Mm, but we um, and just don't forget the Killer Coffee Company you can get your your 20% off Ghost (laughs) Ghost Hunters 20 get your 20% off the most awesomeness coffee Yes, absolutely. Done. Done. Now we have to rush, um, and we're leaving you with with a wonderful song. It is Hosier. I love this one. Take me to church. It's probably the only time I would say that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the only time I'd say that love take me to church, oh. yeah. Oh. Great song, though. We hope you've enjoyed tonight's stories. They've been crackers, absolutely fantastic. And we've been crackers as well. And thank you to all those people who have sent texts through. Oh. I think we've hit a new record we tonight love with texts. It. Absolutely love all of these texts while we're here. So thank you all very, very much. You make us feel special. We hope that you have a wonderful week ahead, and hopefully we'll see some of you tomorrow night on the show. 
at the workshop. The yeah. workshop. So, in the meantime... Nighty nights. Good night. Remember to stay spooky. See you on the dark side. Bye. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.